the recording tom is now in progress hey tom, what's you, up what's up dude tom McCaffrey. good to be here good and danny palmer that's right you seem reluctant to begin the recording <laughs> uh did i <laughs> no no i uh like this yeah, is why we're ready. here i didn't i wasn't ready yeah are you ready uh, are you prepared mentally for it on me <laughs> no i'm not prepared mentally i'm prepared physically you're not um <laughs> for, what, for uh, exactly 40 minutes of conversation <laughs> Probably less because I think they start when you start the actual meeting. So, oh, is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Oh, yeah, like yeah, that's why it's been cut off early. Yeah, so we're just um, we're just bullshit need, need playing the, grab the, ass for the. That's kind of good though. I think it's started. good to have a limit. That's true. You're right. Most like conversations were like that. Like time's up. Yeah, right. don't they say that helps with artists to like give if you impose boundaries on your work, then that ratchets up or heightens your creativity? Um, I don't, you know, probably, but I think that they should uh, have like, you know, time limits or, you know, is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Time limits? Yeah. Um, you mean on Zoom? On anything, you know, creative or just in anything, you know what I mean? Because I think people get caught up. I think that actually is a problem with, um, creativity and comedy especially i think that you know because there's you know high school and a lot of things it's usually measured when you have there's a time you have to leave you know stop doing it and i think in a lot of things there isn't that and a lot of most people aren't good at um gauging when they should be leaving something do you know what i mean <laughs> like a party <laughs> Well, party's different because you kind of know a party because it's over but and a party only is going to be for the night but comedy you know or anything people just keep going no one tells them not to do it anymore um, oh yeah you mean bad bad comics yeah bad com definitely bad comics yeah um, I did, did you know about the dunning kruger effect no what's that i read about this recently i'd heard about it discussed without calling it that in harvard in a harvard business review article a long time ago and then i found it on wikipedia somehow it's like it's when you have you lack the ability to judge the performance of other people and that lack of ability also applies to your ability to judge your own performance. So if you're a bad stand-up comic or a bad painter or whatever, you're not going to be able to assess your work or others' work because you just don't get what good is. You're not good at judging it or you don't judge because I'm yeah, you're not I'm good really at judging. good at judging things. Yeah. They might well they they judge too leniently to like, oh well I'm good and and thus other people i don't know i don't, actually i don't know if it applies to if you think other people that are bad or good but you think oh. that you're good because you have the inability to, to measure to accurately evaluate uh talent or skill it is weird to me when someone's bad at stand-up comedy and they're deluded for so long about it because so stand-up, well because stand-up comedy it's like it's a pretty clear like you you really know how you're doing in stand-up comedy it's not like tough to gauge what's happening <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like you pretty much know how it's going. So if you're bad, I think it's it's like one of the easiest things to know you're bad at, especially creatively, because, you know, it's like it's just that if you're doing it and no one's laughing, then you're not good at it. I knew people like that were really bad. Like I, I knew this girl a long time ago. She would just bomb every like every time and just did it for years and years. And um, I don't know. It was just, I, you know, she would like do sets and bomb, like not get one laugh. And then she'd come off and be like, I did pretty good. Right. And I was like, I guess they're just deluded. I don't, you know what I mean? I guess they just don't. 
but I don't know. I mean, it's their, it's their prerogative, it's their life. But I do think it, it's funny of all the things like comedy. It's it's one thing if you're like a painter, because, you know, you don't really get immediate feedback with comedy. You like know how it's going. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like a painting is more way more subjective than I mean, the feedback is not immediate. It's just people tell you, right? Or you overhear somebody commenting on your painting. But with stand-up, it's like they're laughing or they're not laughing. Yeah. So it's weird that people um, are able to delude themselves in comedy for so long. Um, But even if you're not, even if you're good at it, I think there's like times where it feels like, you know, probably a time to, you know, cut down on it or something. You know what I mean? Cut down I don't on know. performing guess, it. What do you mean? Or doing comedy? I think you, I think you can kind of get stuck in it and stand up. Like um, that's how I feel about it. It's weird. Like I like it, but I don't really like it, and I feel like I get really tired of it. Why do you not like it? Why do you get tired of it? Um, I think I just get bored with it. I think it's like anything. Like you know, I just get bored with it. it seems like there's kind of like limit. First of all, I've done it for so long, but I used to get bored with it early on too. Um, I think like for me, I, I it wasn't something I inherently wanted to do uh, automatically. Like I was funny and stuff, but it wasn't uh, an art form that I immediately was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Because um, I'm like creative, and I was creative young, and I guess I was always like writing and stuff, but. And I was kind of into perform. I was into performing, but yeah, stand up wasn't like I don't know. It seemed like weird to me. It didn't see it. It was it was like scary to me from because I am oddly I am shy. You know. Yeah, I can see that you are. You're more. You're way more introverted than I am. Yeah, not that that's oh, really? bad. But and I'm not. That's not a, a negative judgment. It's just like that's where you are in the spectrum versus extroversion. Yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. pretty. You're not very introverted, right? I like to be by myself, but I'm not. I also thrive around other people. Yeah, I feel like I have a good time around other people. I like it. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think it inherently, and I, I think it, it can get boring. And I, I've talked about this before. I think with you is like, um, I think now something's going on with it that it it feels very um a lot like homo- homogeneous. Like it all seems kind of like all stand up is kind of very similar. You know what I mean? I think I was saying how. When I when I was coming up in comedy, I was kind of I was in the alt scene a lot in New York. That was kind of like a newer scene. And it was like kind of a response and reaction to, um, you know, like the like the club comedian club comedy, which is more kind of like, I don't know, mainstream or just, you know, I don't know, like kind of like sort of um, everyone was kind of like like homogeneous. Everyone was kind of doing the same thing. And they'd been doing that for so long. And I think people in the thousands and the aughts were kind of like trying to do something different. That was maybe a little weirder, but there was no room for. And so that kind of became its own thing. Cause it was like a little different. It was kind of like a, like a, like a response to that, almost like a um, rebelling against it a little bit. But now I feel like that's gone. And now I feel like it's all very, just the same straight up comedy. You know what I mean? Like it just all feels very similar to me. Like, uh, and with the internet and all that stuff, it's just kind of like, like when I, you know, it's hard for me to look at, watch comedy. Cause I just don't really think anything's really that, that different. Cause there are a lot of good comedians, but there, are they really like how, how different are they? You know what I mean? Like, who can you say it's doing something that's like at all kind of different, different. Hmm. That's not like 
just kind of straightforward stand up. Like here's some, I mean, people have different personas and stuff, but it's all very like, Hey, how you doing? So, you know, I went this and then, you know, some people tell stories, but at the end of the day, it also feels very, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with like with the internet and stuff you have to kind of like give one minute bites of it to people because that's kind of like what thrives now is like, you know, to get yourself out there, like TikTok and Instagram, it's like, here's one minute of comedy. So it's, it all does have to be kind of like a joke fast. Right. Well, I was trying to think about comics that are different, but I, like Bo Burnham, like that's definitely, he different, is, he, right? he's definitely, he's, he's, he's kind of, a, he's a really good example. Yeah. Cause he does like music and stuff. Right. Yeah. And um, Dimitri Martin. Yeah. But see, but that's the thing. Dimitri Martin was kind of like came up in my, you know, when I was starting out, like he was the, when I started in New York, he was like the guy already. And he represented that. Like he was kind of the, you know, he represented the, the alt scene to a T like he was just, he was kind of doing something. He was doing stand up, but he, it was weird. And he had a very specific voice. He was kind of a weird guy. He did other weird things like drawings and, but there isn't really that anymore. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I just, I, I think I'm like, I am creative and I think there's a lot of other things that I like to do. And even if they're kind of ridiculous, I just kind of like focus on those sometimes. So I have a book coming out plug. Oh yeah. Nice. What's it about? It's kind of, it's about when I, it was, it's kind of about the alt scene and the odds that oh, I, that right. I, that I came up in. It's sort of a right. memoir, but it's also like, the main character is based on me, but it's not my name. So it's sort of like a memoir and like kind of chronicling a, a, a true era of comedy that I was there, that I was there for. But so also it's a partially kind of, fictionalized memoir. Yeah. Kind of like a uh, humorous memoir novel ish, but like it's, you know, some of it's like not completely true, but it's all based on real experiences. Like I might've bent the truth here and there, but, I didn't make pull things out of my, like I had, there's a lot of people that I encounter in it that are like famous now, because when I was encountering them in the alt scene, they, it's kind of like, you know, they have like, uh, uh, there was like a, there was a book about the seventies comedy era in, in LA and how that was kind of a big comedy boom. And they made a TV show called I'm dying up here based on it. And it's kind of about all the comedians that started out and became big and how that kind of like, launched a bunch of like future comedy icons minds like that but for in the alt scene and for the aughts that's cool i read that book i i didn't like it is it not good i'm dying up here i mean there's good parts to it but like they really dramatize this guy that jumps off the roof near the comedy store and kills himself and they just make that like the central thrust of the whole story it just comes across as exploitative honestly. really it's just like it was just like there's so much focus i'm like all right man i'm sorry this guy had some mental health issues and he killed himself but like I just feel like they were kind of using that to manufacture drama rather than go into the more interesting parts of the story. I mean, not that that's not interesting, but yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, that like sounds it. pretty funny. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't like it, but yeah. So my, you know, and it, it, it kind of, it kind of uh, jumps back and forth to different, like it, it deals a little bit with like when I was younger and how I, you know, first, you know, found out I was funny young and, how that affected my life and stuff like that. How I got into comedy, kind of how I didn't, I kind of reluctantly got into it. And, um, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And it, like I said, it, it, I think it's, it's a night, nice, it's a cool behind the scenes look at like an era that 
you know, grew kind of from like a very small kind of out of nothing, similar to like almost like the punk rock scene of the seventies, like this very small thing that kind of blew up. Cause it, it you know, this, when I was writing it, I was like, oh, it's pretty interesting. Cause it kind of started in this small club that was just like sparsely attended and like kind of dark. And the, you know, it was a lot of people who couldn't get into the comedy clubs. They were kind of shut out of them. So they kind of started their own thing. And then those people became like the, some of them became like the biggest stars that you know now, which is like an interesting thing because that's like, um, when I was first starting, like the clubs were still kind of were big, you know what I mean? Like the, in New York and stuff. And everyone was like, yeah, do the clubs. And that was like the route that everyone was trying to do. And I remember like, I couldn't really get into the clubs. They were very like, they were full of like these older comedians who wouldn't leave kind of what I was talking about before, like these dudes that just never leave, you know? So it's like, that's why it was so hard, you know, when you were start, you know, back then, because there was no internet or stuff like that. We didn't have that kind of an outlet. So it was like, all we had was getting into the clubs and the guys who had been there for 20, 25 years wouldn't leave. So like we were, you know, if you're doing comedy two or three years, how do you, and I feel like they weren't very open to new people back then. You know, it's, it's like weird. It was really different. It was like, you've only been doing comedy two or three years. Oh, get out of here. You know, now it's like, Oh, you've been doing comedy two years. You got five minutes. Yeah. All right. Get your own show. Um, so that's kind of how, you know? Yeah. And so like, I think I didn't, you know, I wasn't, um, embraced there. And so I was just kind of like, fuck this. I'd fuck these places. And then I started doing the smaller alt rooms and then they, they, I did, I did well there. And then, um, they liked me and then that kind of grew. And then it was funny because, I got in there early and then that scene became the scene, you know, later on. And then it was like his club dudes would start asking me to try and get in. <laughs> I was like, fuck off. Tables um, a turn, pal. Exactly. So uh, what were some of those rooms that were the alt rooms that became cool? Or well, the main one that became the main thing was this place for Fifi. It was oh, on yeah, 11th yeah. Street between first and second. And there was one before Rafifi called Luna Lounge, which they had a show on Mondays. And that was like the hot. When I first moved back to New York in like 2002, that was like the hot room. I performed at Luna Lounge. Yeah, you did? Yeah, but well after that, I w- it was like 2009, 2010. Oh, yeah, because it was like the, they had a show on Mondays. And then um, then uh, Rafifi, like, you know, Eugene Merman and Bobby Tisdale started their own show there. And it was like not it wasn't very popular, but they, you know, they had like Dimitri on it all the time, you know, like huge guys like Berbiglia. These guys were all kind of coming up, but they weren't huge yet, but they were coming up. And then Rafifi kind of, and then they started doing more and more shows there. And slowly it, it kind of, um, passed surpassed, um, Luna as like the, the place. And then Luna stopped and then, um, Rafifi just kept going um and so and you know it was just amazing it was the people that you know started there you know like Mulaney and just all those guys it was fucking crazy Mulaney and Nick Kroll had a show there I think I did their very first one and then oh hello remember oh hello yeah on Broadway yeah but this was like they did it at Rafifi as like those characters and they would do they would have comedians go on and then do the characters in between and I did I think like I think it was like the first or second one of that so it's kind of like a funny you know, and there are probably like 50 people there. <laughs> right. 
And then now it's on Broadway. Wait, they would have comics come on and, and do characters, not stand up in between them being. No, they would just have it was like a showcase of comedians. They would have like uh, five comics on and they they would, you know, they would host it as the character. I see what you're saying. So they would go up and do like some stuff and then they bring a comedian and then they would do this thing where after the comedian went on, they would you would stay on and they would interview you for like five minutes. That's so cool. it's kind of funny. But I remember like they were like, oh, we're going to interview you. you know, and I was like, really? I don't know. Like what? And then, um, yeah, so they did that. And that was that was pretty early on. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was so anyway, my book kind of chronicles a lot of that stuff. It's coming out in January 2023. That's awesome. You, is it titled yet? Yeah, it's called uh, Born Funny. That's oh, the main. And then a comics chronicle through the rise of alt comedy. That's nice. the subtitle. Yeah. It's That's obviously cool. about somebody, somebody other than you because you weren't born funny. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. But it's also kind of supposed to be a little bit like of a double entendre, like funny. It also kind of means like different, you know, like weird. Oh, born funny. Right. Yeah. But it's like both like. Right. So your title is disrespectful to handicapped people. I get it. I I talk about that like a little bit, how like, you know, younger, I felt like at times I just didn't fit in a lot. You know, I felt like weird and different, but I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of comedians definitely go through that. Yeah. Right. There's something like, like I didn't realize until later, but I mean, there's something like off if you are doing stand, if you pursue comedy, something's like something's gone wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do you think that's true in all cases? I know that 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 is certainly a trope that is associated with stand-up comedy and comics, but I don't know that necessarily that's universally true. I don't think it's I don't like like anything. It's not across the board true, but I do think, um, I I think probably you know it, it's for the majority of people doing it. There's probably something because I do, I think um I don't I don't like I think I wasn't aware of it young, but. You know, I think you're you're developed like I definitely developed a sense of humor young for certain reasons. I think like as a uh, defense mechanism and like a um, like a protection sort of in a way and also as a way to like, yeah, ingratiate yourself with people and stuff like that. So uh, it definitely was like a power I had. I didn't and I didn't realize like where it come came from or how it came about. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like nurture. I feel like I was always in trouble for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't like helping you per se. It was causing you issues. You it was helping me it. with like people I knew, but it wasn't help, like authority figures and like my parents. Like no one was like, oh yeah, good. No, like no one encouraged me. You know what I mean? I feel like you would uh, see people who like would be like, uh, oh, my kid is so talented. He's this and that. And like, I never had any of that. There was never like, you're so good. It was like, stop doing that. idiot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Why York, do you huh? feel like, wait, what do you think? What, like, why do you not think that? Uh, but I think there's I think there's degrees. But I think like to, to go on stage, especially comedy, to go on stage and and try and get approval from people. It's like a really terrifying thing, stand up. So like to keep doing it, it's like there, there's something driving that, you know what I mean? Like there's some inner drive of like needing validation somehow. Yeah, right. I agree. I just feel like it's not like necessarily this malignant inclination to be drawn to doing stand up. Like I don't think Jerry Seinfeld has severe emotional problems or, you know, like, no, no, uh, I don't think, I don't think it's malignant, but I do think, even if it's not malignant, I think there's something. 
had like like I think it's a lot of not being seen. You know, it doesn't have to be like the worst, most horrible scenario in the world. But like, you know, I bet you Seinfeld was probably like, you know, not very super popular young or something. You know what I mean? He probably wanted attention and didn't get it young. You know what I mean? And so that was kind of his way of getting attention. You know, he I I don't really know what Seinfeld's background was, but he strikes me as someone that probably was awkward and maybe had a hard time talking to girls or something. So um, there's a lot of that, you know? Yeah. I just feel like you know, to have this idea that stand-up comics are one way and the rest of the population is normal and adjusted. Like, I think all people are weird in their own way. Like, I don't think you just like drive down every suburban street and be like, oh, all these people are completely normal and comics are maniacs. Like, I don't think that's the case. No, no, I don't think so either. But I I, I feel like a lot of people who do, I feel like when you hear a lot of these people who do crazy things and are crazy and you find out things about them and, um, I, I, I'm not, I don't know specific examples, but I think the problem is they didn't find an outlet like stand up or something. Like, I think they want to do something like that, but they don't, they didn't do it. So I think that's why they kind of go nutty a little bit. Cause I think that's a big thing about like, I definitely find that with me. I mean, like with stand up, I do sometimes I think like, you know, I'll see people who are really unhappy or angry in the world and then they get really mad. And I'm like, wow, why are they like that? And then I'm like, oh, I feel like if they didn't, like if I didn't have this kind of an outlet that I was good at and got like validation for, I don't know how that would have manifested itself. You know what I mean? So I think it's like, you're probably a little screwed up. Like everyone probably is, but stand up can be a positive thing to help that. You know what I mean? It's your way of I know for me, and I think it's 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 with a lot of standups. I think a lot of it's you don't have to be crazy, but I do think it comes from like no one. You feel like no one's listening to you or hearing you, so it's your way of like I have something to say, and you're gonna fucking hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I might have been stifled as a child. I, I feel yeah, that's probably true. That probably applies to me, like to some extent. Like you know, conservative Christian environment as a child that was stifling. Now I have a way to express myself exactly as I see fit. I could see that too. But I just feel like for me, I mean, I'm sorry to talk about myself, but I just feel like I was drawn to stand up because I remember exactly what it was. I mean, I, I would always like joke around, but then I just watched a Chris Rock special at my townhouse in Atlanta. I was high late at night by myself. Like, and I listened to the laughs behind him and I was like, that just seems so cool to hear those kinds of laughs. Like to me, that that's not like this indication that I was like, oh, this deep, dark defect and flaw that I'm seeking validation for. I'm just like, no, that sounds cool to like, say funny things and have people laugh at funny things it sounds cool like why does it have to be this like like negative like tint to it why can't it just be a cool thing you want to do like racing no i, I can i mean no like, d- what is it, it doesn't fucking difference yeah you, no you're right it doesn't have to be but i do feel like for the most part that seems to be a uh like a recurring theme yeah with people i, I don't know totally. i feel like it's a lot of people that, that that's true too. i, I don't that. know it just doesn't seem like you know it, it's a, it's it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I think, and I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, it, it is hard doing stand. And it's the longer I did it, the more hard I realized it was. Like, I feel like when I started, I didn't think it was that hard. And then later, I was like, oh, it's really hard. So, like, a lot of shit goes bad. So to just keep doing it, there's just sort of like, you know, what I mean, it, it's there's a like I feel like as someone who maybe had their had more not their shit together or whatever, like didn't need the validation as much, but like stop doing it. But it, it's, that's the thing about standup. It does. 
it gets hard to, to stop doing. You know what I mean? That's the, it's like an, it is like an addiction. Like yeah. I remember Jim Gaffigan said that to me once. Like I interviewed him once, and he um, said that you know comedies like stand up. It's like you have to do stand up. Like when Seinfeld like didn't do stand up for a while, and then they were like, he's you know he's doing stand up again. He was like, well, yeah, like he has to do it. So there is something to that. It's like I don't know. It's like weird. And it sometimes becomes- it's bad. Like sometimes I don't like it. Like I'm like, uh, but I, like at the end of the day, I do like that I did stand up. It, it, it was good for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And I do think that's why now I think when I see a lot of people in the world and I watch things, I think a lot of people are stupid and not interesting. And I think that's why, because when you're doing comedy and your whole life is being around clever people and trying to be clever and come up with something that's going to surprise people and be different when you interact with just regular people, it's just kind of like, dude, what is, what is this? It's like you, see right, you just see through right. Every, you see right through everything anyone does. Mm. Like someone, it's so hard to get to, to have someone to, to think someone's funny in the world, you know, because most people in the world just aren't funny. You know, the whole thing, you know, women are like, hey, you know, I, we, I like true. funny. I disagree I like, with you. What? I disagree with you. I don't think most people in the world are not funny. I think funny is pretty evenly distributed amongst the population. Um, I mean, it's well, pretty I, arrogant. I, I think, I think <laughs> what that I'm funnier than most people that no, I meet. Well, you didn't say that. You said most people in the world are not funny. Like that's. I did. What? I don't think I said that. I meant like oh, most yeah, you <laughs> when you're cultivating being funny all the time. Yeah, you you go to a different level of funny, and what right. your, your your bar is higher. So you if you're see, funny, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But then, like, when you run into like like when you meet women, and there are, you know, a lot of women are always like, "Oh, I like a funny guy." You know, I've definitely met women who like, you know, saw me do do comedy, and I did really well, and they almost seemed almost like weirded out by. It. But I think it's because like what they think of as a funny guy is just kind of like um, some good looking dude who's like, and I don't, I'm not saying I'm not good, but you know what I mean? Like, I think they think of it as like, Oh, he like does like the greatest, like Borat impression. You know what I mean? I think that's what they think of as funny. Not like, like clever another, on dates, like, what? Yeah, like clever on dates, like banter with the yeah, way, like, like not, like not really that funny, but he thinks he's funny. Um, but like because and only because I, you know, doing stand up for so long and being around so many funny people and watching funny people all the time, the best of the best at comedy. It, it's like a different level. It transcends this normal funny. It's like, you know, you know, you know, you know, it's like anything like it's like if you were in you study music or you play music, like if you listen to a song that's not a very good song, it's like a basic pop song that a lot of people like, you're not going to like it very much because you're going to see right through it. Like, well, that's such an easy thing. And then something that mainstream audiences wouldn't really get because it's too challenging for them, you would like, you know what I mean? Just because your tastes are more sophisticated at it because you're you're around it all the time. That's a good point. Like, I'm sure if Gary Clark Jr. went to an open mic and some dude was playing one chord, he'd be like, let's get out of here. Yeah, so it's like anything. I don't know. Like, uh, but I did notice that, like, so when I would meet people who, um, you know, thought they were funny, and you're like, all right, dude, like, you're not that fucking funny. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Cause I, I have, I think I've told you about, I have dated, you know, I, I went out with women and like 
you know, they'd be like, oh, I'm still into, you know, comedy. And then like I would kill and then they would like kind of blow me off. Like I would do a show where I would kill and it was like, um, I was like, wait a minute. I thought like you liked funny dudes. Like you just saw me like, you know, be really funny. You think something in your material might have put them off or what do you call it? Off put them? No, I, I think it was just I, I think um, and it didn't happen that much, but um. I think it's like what I was saying. I think they think they want a certain thing, but it's like, oh shit, this is like I don't even get this. You know what I mean? It's too, it's too funny. I don't know, and I, I'm, I don't know if it's if this is true, but I think there's like somewhat of an intimidation thing too. You know what I mean? I think what it is is I think they want someone who's funny, but I also think they want to be the main part of the relationship. I don't think they want to be like. I definitely went out with a couple of chicks. I could tell they were like sort of like diva ish not diva you know they wanted to be like the center of attention so i think yeah. like going to a show where everyone was like oh my god you're so great i think they were like wait a minute what is this like is he going to be the star of this no we're not doing that um, yeah, yeah. a friend of mine said once said that like a group of, i mean he's like general generalizing whatever like a group of hot girls doesn't really have an interest to go to a comedy club and watch one person on stage stand up there and be awesome like why does why does that person get all the attention and glory? We want to have fun with each other. And I could see right. that you could you could extrapolate that dynamic to a relationship. But then you'll meet there's certain women who really are into comedy and they they are into into that. Like it is a yeah. certain I don't even want to say groupie. It's like you'll there are women who like and those are the one the ones who are really into comedy, they usually have a sophisticated sense of humor, and that's why they're into comedians because they can see through the, the other guy who's just like doing Borat impressions. And that guy they know is boring and nothing and not very clever. So they're like, and I think for them, it's almost like, you know, like a chick who's into athletes, like that's such a turn on for them seeing someone who's like, like, you know, an athlete for women or somebody is like, Oh my God, like they're so much better at this thing than anyone else. So for certain women, they're like this guy, like they know what's funny. And I definitely, when I was doing comedy a lot, like, I would meet a lot of women like that who knew comedy and were into comedy. So they were like, they appreciate the level of expertise. Yeah. Right. And then when you just meet some normal chick who's not really that into comedy, it's like, Oh yeah, I like comedy. They're, they're just kind of like, what is that? Like, you know what I mean? It's like kind of, I don't know. It's like that you can tell it's like they're out of their element or something. It's, it's not for them or something, you know? And then, and then on the flip side, if a guy dates a woman comic, that I'm sure that's even more difficult for the female comics to be like this, you know, male ego dude. I'm getting the attention. I'm sure that if we we were talking to some female comics, they'd be like, "Yeah, these guys they can't handle it." It's like I'm God, sure that, that probably makes, that a girl that, that makes more ha- money than you, a girl that's funnier than you. Yeah, guys have such a hard time with their ego. Yeah, I uh, that probably happens more for them. I'd say. Yeah, it's gonna I be. I feel a like they probably run into it more because dudes yeah. are more like insecure and be like well you're not that funny yeah i'm this i'm the one that gets all the attention yeah well i think we have three minutes left i did want to say um i know that you're a big you've always been a big fan of jillian maxwell and she got sentenced to 20 years today so i just want to touch base with you and see how you're oh, feeling about i gotta it. give her a call <laughs> i'm a big fan of hers yeah i know i know you've always supported her work i have yeah i was uh going to some marches to support her um <laughs> Dude, if you t- you just walk around Union Square with a sign supporting <laughs> Maxwell, the day that they overturned you Roe. Would be by everybody there, 
the day they overturned Roe. Like, tough week for women, huh? <laughs> First that, and then Galane. What is it? Galane? Is she I hot? Galane. I heard. Was she hot? Time. She's all right. So She's what pretty... was? So was she married to that guy? No, I think they were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And what she would like get the chick? Would they bang the chicks together? Or she would like recruit them. She would recruit them. But I think that sometimes she had her <laughs> cool top girlfriend. Off too or something. I don't know, dude. <laughs> what? what? I think sometimes she had her top off too. I don't know what happened. What did she get sentenced for? Being the coolest girlfriend ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna edit that part out. I'm just kidding. no, but I mean, I know she's hard, but I mean, it's just kind of like when you say it that way, it just sounds like, oh, she was just getting chicks to. I mean, I know she was like tricking them or something. Um, yeah, she was preying on minors. So the other guy killed himself, and then people think he didn't kill himself. Is that what, the what other it is? Guy? You mean Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what the f- that's such Supposedly a weird thing. I just will never get like the whole like preying on these yeah i mean first of all it's always these like rich guys who who are doing it's like you're a rich dude like why do you have to like do that just but i guess that's part of what they get off on is the ruining everyone's life yeah um but can you just have a power imbalance and but you still the chick is is consenting (laughs) i started to watch that documentary on netflix and i got about 20 minutes into the first one and then i was like you know what this is really depressing and sad and i don't want to watch it anymore i i couldn't take it I think I watched a little bit of it. I think I watched like I think I watched probably most of it. Um, I I I guess I don't know. And we're about to end, but like I don't yeah. know what. So he killed himself, but people don't think he killed himself. Yeah, I mean, sixty minutes to report on it. The the marks on his neck are, are not indi- indicative. Of, I think he killed himself. Yeah, yeah. You I like to know. you I, like to adhere to that mainstream narrative, even though you grew. No, nah, I just I, I usually feel like the you know the most simple explanation is usually the the one that's true all right i think we gotta end all right thanks for what's your handles there pal uh tom mccaffrey 722 um my youtube channel trial and terrors and uh yeah uh you know whatever tiktok check me out yeah i'm I'm working on getting my danny palmer nyc instagram back i've got i've got help on the inside hopefully that'll come back soon wow that's taking that long okay thanks for listening peace i'm just gonna hang up and